as narcissistic as it sounds, you have to focus on yourself because you're never going to look like any other person no matter what you take, no matter how you train or anything like that. You have your own genetics, you have your own gift, your own build, and you have your own set point that you can reach. Mm -hmm. But who's to say where that is? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here today again, Transparent Podcast, with two of my boys. It's a different kind of podcast today because, well... These are two of my good ass boys, and I have not set up this podcast properly. <laughs> <laughs> this shit took like an hour and a half. <laughs> so, um, but basically, we're just gonna like run it up and uh, talk some shit that we wanted to talk about for a while and talk some bodybuilding shit too. Hell yeah. But I got Tristan Lee, the famous legendary 16 year old, and then I have Joshua J. Blaze. Yes, sir. Better known as J. Blaze. Or also known as Joshua Munwa by Greg Duchesne. Greg <laughs> Duchesne. Duchesne. <laughs> French, you guys are both French. Yeah. Oh, shit. Greg got everyone saying Manwa. My last name in reality is Manoe. Joshua Manoe. Manoe. You can just call me J JJ Blaze. JJ Blaze. <laughs> Wait, so how did you guys meet? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, tell me about the relationship. <sighs> well, it definitely happened Let's at start the, love. the original zoo culture. The original zoo culture. During COVID. Yeah. When everyone was there because we had no fucking choice. Yeah. And I, I, I really can't even remember how we crossed paths, man. If I'm being honest. No, I probably just like Josh's <laughs> arm from across the gym. And I was like, I should probably film a video with this guy. He seems like he's going to pop up and be a little controversial. So. I think uh, maybe I was peeking at Tristan's glutes when he was flexing. Them, <laughs> he came up to me, he approached me saying that, dude, I see you look and you might as well just say with something. Take a picture. It'll last longer. And that's exactly what I did. I took a picture and it's now my background. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. We we probably just like a lot of people in zoo culture. If I'm being honest, we we were training, and maybe we were training next to each other, and mm -hmm. we just so I don't know. Up. Maybe yeah, said what's up. Maybe just had a small gym conversation that ended up uh, progressing over time as we continued to see each other in the gym, and right then on. later caught a few training sessions. To this day, it's been quite a few training sessions, yeah. <laughs> uh, thankfully. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty simple, man. It's just typical bro shit. Dude, that's how every bro relationship starts in this yeah. gym. It's <laughs> it like, is. damn, bro, your glutes look striated today. <laughs> and I'm not even afraid to call it either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you weren't. <laughs> Shit. So, okay. Tristan, how, like, what started your entire journey? What's the first memory that you've got that led you to be this, like, fitness inspo today? I mean, fitness started with soccer initially, which I know a lot of people don't really train or work out a lot in the gym for soccer in particular, but I was so short. I was like six, or I was like legitimately like 13 years old and I was like four foot seven. And I was like, man, I can't keep getting bodied off the ball. So I went into the gym. My brother's already training in the gym and stuff and they kind of got me, pushed me into it a little bit more. One of my buddies wow. at my high school gym, because there's like a high school gym class, was like taking a video of me just training, like super slow, controlled eccentrics, just crazy lightweight, like stupid lightweight, like make fun of me and roast me type weight. And um, they're just like, you should just post this on Instagram. So I just posted it on Instagram and then that video like popped off. A bunch of people kind of commented on it and went on all those like old viral Instagram uh -huh. pages when Instagram used to be that sort of viral thing where all you'd have these massive accounts that yeah. repurpose and repost content, you know? Wow. Wait, all because of one video where you like were one lifting video. not heavy weight? Yeah, essentially. I was getting torn apart in the comment section. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no. something we're familiar with. 
Wait, what? Yeah. That's how you that's how you first blew up? Yeah. I did uh <laughs> I did a guest posing, but it wasn't for social media or anything like that. I didn't post it until after I started my account. So it was really just like a video of me curling. And then to this day it's pretty much the same Whoa. thing. It's just videos of me curling. <laughs> 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 and glue pictures now, so Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty fascinated at the fact that your brothers were the ones who pushed you to begin training. Yeah. I thought you were the one maybe who had started and I guess developed that fitness lifestyle beforehand and then got your brothers into it, but they're the ones who got you into it. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I would have done any of the fitness stuff without my brothers getting into it first. Whoa. One of my brothers broke his femur and he's got it all to the biomechanics and research papers and looking at all this stuff for his rehab and recovery. And then he fell in love with sort of hypertrophy or bodybuilding style training. And then my oldest brother played rugby and stuff. And none of us are super tall. Like my oldest brother's uh, probably like five, six, my middle brother's five, eight. And so we were playing like rugby or they're playing rugby, wrestling, these sort of things. So everybody was just trying to get jacked, which <laughs> it kind of fell into place when everybody's had just had similar passions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And yours was soccer first. Yeah. Initially. Okay, so soccer was before fitness. Yeah, for okay. sure. How did soccer start? Soccer well, started. No. Yeah, yeah, no. People are gonna rip you apart for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, soccer just started. I just loved playing. I played with my like elementary school team, and then my buddy was like, "Oh, you should just come play on this like house league, which is just really basically essentially recreational." Coach came out from like the rep team, which is a step up. Was like, "You should come try out for the team." Made the team progressed to provincial level and then eventually i moved overseas to play as well yeah. wow crazy yeah and how old were you uh when i moved to overseas uh, or when i started playing soccer both when i started playing soccer i was 11 or 10 probably and then when i moved overseas i was 14 no 15 15 yeah 10 to 15 yeah it's fucking crazy <laughs> I was sneaking over to my uh, parents' office room to play RuneScape. <laughs> Don't worry, I was doing that at the same time, just between training sessions. Uh, yes. <laughs> Damn. So, Josh, when did you start bikini? When I start bikini? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> After you won Muscle Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muscle Universe. <laughs> I think I tapped out a classic. I wanted to go wellness. Dude. I've been pushing the legs so hard. <sighs> I know for a fact everyone in... Well, I was going to say everyone in the universe, but all the people, that, all the people that are going to accuse you of of not being natty are going to get mad at me. But I, I just feel like everybody that like I know just wants to see what would happen if you like decided to go on the IFBB Pro stage. And I know that's not in your plan, but like, bro, your fucking shape is crazy, man. It's crazy, you, man. And you don't get that from like just taking steroids, yeah. not at all. You know, mm -hmm. you get that from one genetics, and then two for the way you train, you know, and how you choose to train, what, what, what do you choose to prioritize, which is nuts. Cause thank you, dude. I, uh, as far as, as far as addressing the situation as if I were to go to NPC and compete to attain my IFBB pro card, that's something I wanted to do when I began bodybuilding. I did four shows in NPC and then I ended up doing two in muscle mania, which is the natural federation, which were my recent shows. But I was trying to attain that pro card, the IP pro card for a minute, just to be able to, like I, like I told you before, just to have that flexing right to be like, I did it as a natty hot. But I mean, I will, I will say that it's not off the table for me to want to attain it. Um, but I also will say that it's not something that I, I'm going for, at least not right now. It's not, I don't feel driven to do that. Um, in my opinion, and I don't mean any disrespect 
to anyone in the sport, any IFBB pros, the pro card itself does not hold the same magnitude or same weight as it did in the uh, in the past. Why do you think that is? Because the the sport has become big, like so big and so broad that everyone. Let me see if I can explain this without getting fucked up later in the comments. <laughs> so when everyone is competing and there's so many shows and so many pro qualifier shows, the judges like depending a show, a show's competition will depend on who shows up and when, when the show is like, and then specific people, specific athletes will show up to that show, no matter if they're this caliber or this caliber or this caliber. And the judges, obviously it's a show. They'll have no choice to award. They'll have no choice, but to award whoever wins the pro card. When back in the day, I think it was just it was just the number one. First of all, there were not as many shows. So we have to set that fact aside. So people would prep back then for this one show that would happen probably like every every like few months. These days there's hella shows per month, hella pro qualifier shows per month. So what I'm trying to say is the pro cards are basically thrown out. Granted, there are pros who and this is what I'm trying not to get fucked up. Yeah. Um there, in my mind, when I think of an IFBB pro, I'm thinking of someone who looks like Olympia caliber. You look Olympia caliber. There are many no pros chance. out there who, in my opinion, look Olympia caliber. And that was the standard back then. You didn't become a pro. And then, it, it, in a sense, you when you became a pro, by that time, you were already looking like you were ready to step on the Olympia yeah, stage. You're already competing with those people. Exactly. I think that's the best way I can maybe translate what I'm trying to uh, put in words. But there are so many pros these days. Back then it was more so like a smaller group, a more like, it was like a league. It was like an elite class. And then the best of the best obviously would battle it out. It's almost all Olympians are seen now. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll leave it at that as far as my explanation. And so, I mean, with that being said, I've always been more of a fan of something that's super exclusive like a team that's like elite or yeah. like a brotherhood or something yeah. that when you think of this, it's like, like, holy shit, he's one of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't get that feeling from IFBB pro when, when it comes to mind today. Mm-hmm. And that's, like I said, I'm not saying that in any disrespect to any of the athletes who earned it because obviously you put in the work and I respect anyone who's out here trying to become a better version of themselves and pursue their dreams. But that's just the way I feel about it. Uh, it would be nice for me to, I guess get the pro card one day, maybe if that were to happen, but I'm, I'm pretty stable in my federation right now, competing as a natural and potentially I will shoot for the natural Olympia one day. Well, here's the way that I see it is that I think, I think um, it doesn't hold as much now because there's just so many more people, so many more people have achieved the IPB pro card. Mm. You know, now there's divisions that are smaller and it's based more of like proportions. So of course you're going to see a lot more people who have had pro cards because once you get a pro card, you've got that, you've got it Mm. right. It only keeps increasing. But in my opinion, what this has done is also for the Olympia caliber, for people who have stepped on the Olympia stage and have placed say top five, top 10 at Olympia. Yeah, yeah, it's even higher tier More because there's so much competition yeah. now. Yes. So much competition. So many people are wanting to be up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a it's a weird, you know, it's a weird different dynamic. You know, I've been a pro card and like maybe not a special, but now if you are trying to go the whole, you know, Chris Bumstead, dude, like I can't think of another person that's been 
more of a better representation of the sport or honestly just such a, an amazing and huge following except for Arnold. Yeah. You know, and Arnold was a movie star. Mm-hmm. So this is, it's a little different. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you, does it motivate you? Like you obviously know like Kendall Richmond and the natural competitors oh, yeah. who are going up and now competing with the best of the best as yes. a natural competitor. And he's proved it time and time again yes. to see him, to be able to like compete at that level. Does that kind of make you think in your head? Oh, like how could I stand up against these guys? <laughs> hold, on, hold on one second. That's, that's my, uh, Oh, I I mean, I've already thought about how I would stack up with these people on the pro stage. Like if I were to become a pro and see myself next to the other pros and (laughs) I've seen myself on stage, I've seen myself without the water weight. I've seen myself dried up and I end up coming down. Yeah. Looking depleted, coming down, not too much in size, but enough in size where it looks like my physique isn't as full as it usually is on my off season, which is like this right now is my off season. I don't ever lose my, my uh, vascularity or my, my conditioning like that. But in order to advance, if you were on a pro stage next to other pros, and I've said this time and time again, the name of the game is size. And so I, I know that achieving pro status in the IFBB is something that I could definitely do because I believe in myself enough to make that happen. But stacking up next to the other guys i don't know how far i'd be able to advance as a natural athlete if i were to do so and continue to pursue that it would take years to put on that kind of size to be able to compete with them which can be done not saying that it's impossible but it would just i would be at a disadvantage um typically in a year if i'm lucky i'll put on i'll put on 10 pounds of muscle max in 365 days as a natural athlete which is not a lot. And as you progress further in your career, it's going to be less and less. And less, less and less. <laughs> yeah, because it's hard to put muscle on top of muscle that's already there. It's uh, it's just different. It's different as a natural athlete. Okay. So, um, Tristan, my curiosity. So, you're like this, bro, you're the 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. <laughs> that just looks insanely shredded. has this completely different lifestyle than anyone has ever experienced. But... My curiosity, though, is like, I know you just said, oh, you fell in love with bodybuilding because, you know, uh, you got introduced to it by your brothers. But like, is there something like, is there a specific memory that had like that you remember first? As far as training? Yeah, as far as training, as far as like wanting to compete in the sport. Or is there like a series of memories? So competition wise, I didn't really have much desire to compete, at least initially. Um, Now I'm just starting to get a little bit of that desire. But um. I don't have any particular memories that I maybe like just training, going to the gym at like 4 a.m. with my brothers when I'm mm-hmm. like 13, 14 years old and just training just alone, just the three of us in this like small commercial gym in my hometown. And it was just training for the love of it. So we pretty much do that every day, every single morning before going to class or before my brothers went to university or whatever it is. So it was kind of cool. It was just like us just together and there was nobody else around us. So we were able to just focus on what we genuinely loved at the time. It wasn't for like social media. It wasn't for likes, comments, any of that different stuff. It was genuinely just for the love of training. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a different thing that comes to that, man. Like I, I remember just being so obsessed with training. Like even when I was working as an engineer for some period of time, all I would do was actually like look at the clock, wait till 5 p.m. so that I could go and train mm-hmm. that day because there's something driving, something motivating about just looking forward to that training that day is almost like, a, like another way to put your foot forward in life and 
just realize that you're growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always said like, that like it was something controllable when other things weren't controllable. Exactly, right. And I think that's probably one of the, the most powerful things that we can do is make sure that we are taking, they, that, that we are attacking that that we can control, right? Yeah. Because that's the only way we'll grow. Mm-hmm. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that happen in our life, a lot of things that happen that we can't control. And this is where frustration comes in, right? Because when these things happen, sometimes we feel helpless. And I don't know, for me personally too, it's always been hard for me to kind of determine what is it that I can control? What is it that I can't? Because, you know, sometimes you just want the, you want the world to be perfect or you want the world to at least be of some, some kind of satisfaction to you. But say that like, you know, you go through a breakup or um, your friend passes away. There's only so much that you can do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the gym, training, anything that it comes to like improving yourself is the power that we have is like is is the uh, the gift that we have to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, there's certainly an understanding between people who go to the gym. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but if you see someone who's in the gym every single day, there's a certain degree of respect for the person and constantly trying to improve themselves. Even if it is something that seems egotistical or narcissistic, if you're in the gym training, you understand that it's not necessarily that. And you may use it as a form of therapy or something that would allow you to control something in, again, those uncontrollable circumstances. So. Right, right. I mean, it's simply just a physical manifestation of us growing. But you could say the same thing about studying and then trying to get an A on your test. Sure. Right? You're still you're still working to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. But what's egotistical about that? Just because it's, it's a little bit less... Yeah. yeah, it's perspective. Just because it's a little less related to, what, maybe appearance? You know? Plus, people train for so many different reasons. Yep. Not necessarily just to look good, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Did you have any, like, forms of content or anyone that you, like, consumed one when you started your journey? Anything that, like... I didn't, I didn't watch. The only content I watched was Callum Von Moger training at Gold's oh Gym Venice. Oh my God, bro. I watched those videos all the time. Thompson, Thompson oh, yeah, yeah. with the music. And then you put the, put the music on while you're training. You feel like you're in Gold's <laughs> Gym Venice yourself, even though I'm just in this small commercial gym, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that was the only person that I watched when I was coming up. Maybe I saw a couple of videos of Bradley Martin and Steve Cook and just some of these things that started to come up through uh-huh. social media. But the only through like my brothers was where I found Callum's videos. And I just loved how raw it was and, and just going into the gym and training. It was something mm-hmm. that was relatable to me because that's what I did every single day. Yeah. And now you're doing that for other people. I had one of my friends from um, one of my friends in San Diego uh, was like looked at my video look at looked at my instagram workout of you mm-hmm. and he's like bro no fucking shit you just <laughs> train with tristan lee i used to watch his youtube videos every That's single awesome. day back in uh like i don't know whenever <laughs> and like this guy's like older than me too and yeah. everything so you're, you're like inspiring people that are I older appreciate than you. It, man that's the goal always yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. cool everybody from around the world i'm sure you guys get it all the time too is that it's it's <laughs> fitness is something that crosses the language barrier mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of things that do that so to be able to connect with people around the world, even if you don't speak the same language or don't come from the same culture, just based purely based off the fact that you pick weights up and put them down is pretty insane. It's pretty pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. It's something interesting that I found. And I actually me personally, I think a lot of people will run into things like this because we're always we always feel like we want what we can't have or what we don't have. And it's hard for us to realize that what we have is actually something special. But for me, for example, my following 
grew immensely internationally because all of my videos were workout montages. I was never speaking, not mm. once. That's how I started as well, yep. Right, so now I have so many people from India, I have so many people from the Philippines, which is really cool because mm -hmm. I'm Filipino. Um, I have you know people from Brazil, just like random places, some places that don't even speak, um, can't really even understand English. So I have noticed that, that that has created kind of an issue in some of the content that I wanted to create on YouTube where I do speak English. Um, but I realized that like recently I started realizing like maybe, maybe that, maybe that motivation that I want to give isn't as selfless. Maybe the motivation that I wanted to give through like speaking English and relating to other people. Yes. I wanted to connect with them, but maybe another part of it was like, if I can speak to people, then I can also like create more of like a, uh, what is it? Like, um, a, uh, what is the word like like a steady salary for myself right mm. or like like be able to like stability yeah stability thanks um whereas you know if you're not speaking the camera but you're still motivating people you're still affecting people's lives you're still inspiring them to do something better for themselves you're still doing the same job really right for sure just maybe necessarily you might not be able to like make sales in something mm -hmm. you know it might be a little bit more difficult because how are you going to do that really? But I think, I think it just, uh, I think that's just a, a place of like reflection that I've had recently that I think I want to keep in mind. Like I don't necessarily have to like be able to speak to every person that's inspired by the work you do. Mm -hmm. For sure. I agree, man. Cause it all comes back to that one thing that we're our, our, like, it's our main focus, which is just touching people and impacting people and inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And even though the montages are not the same as the sit down and talk to you podcasts and YouTube vlogs and things like that, it's still getting to that objective that we want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's where the true happiness lies. I know for you, cause you told me, I know how you feel about it. That's the, just the way I feel too. Um, that's always been what I wanted to do is just inspire people. Once I got on social media and became an influencer or whatever you want to say <laughs> it is, um, that quickly became my goal. And the mission was just to see how many people I can impact and, and help them become a better version of themselves. And I know that's cheesy. I know it's probably head ass because everyone says it, but it's true. I, I'm always going to be transparent about that. I don't really have any other reason to be going as hard on social media than to influence people in a positive way. Just like I've been influenced through fitness and the people I've been able to surround myself with, I want to do that for y'all. Mm -hmm. That actually brings me to something I'm curious about. So, all right, if you guys don't mind me asking, Tristan, Josh, are you guys natty? <laughs> the question everybody <laughs> wants to know. <laughs> yes. Still to this day, it still gives me a laugh. Yes, I'm 100%. <laughs> I got to be real with you, bro. Like, I don't blame some. I don't blame some of these people for not believing your natty, Josh. <laughs> I see this guy's arms. He's literally walking around. He's like holding his meal, and I'm like, dude, no, no chance. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I, watching anime, and he has a pump. <laughs> and, and well, I will say, if I were on the outside looking in, I wouldn't believe I'm natty either. And I, I really wish I could say something like that to where I could put it all on, maybe like using PEDs or just like I wish I could blame the way I look on this one thing so that where all you guys can freaking find a way to look like me too. But 
it's just it's come over the course of over a decade over 13 years of just really really intense training and a fiery passion for this and like you guys were talking about earlier when you went through that phase of not giving a fuck about whatever else is going on your job whether it's class whether whatever it is looking at the clock and counting down the time to where you can get in the gym and stay there and just yep. run it and just rip it apart yep. that was me when i was first beginning and I think that phase is so important, dude, because that's that's really where it becomes like you, you dig it into your blood and your your genetic makeup and uh, your DNA when you hammer it that hard from the jump or when you eventually get to that phase where it's all it's like it's like your one true love is being in the gym and just training. Well, I think even without social media, you'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, right, dude, right. Yeah, all of us it, would it was already it was already there before social media, like you said. And I'm sure mm -hmm. it was the same way for you. Right, right. And then it just eventually became what it is now. But before it, all the lights, camera, action, it was just the love for it. And so I I blame it on that because it took so much yeah. time and so much work. And I still train just as hard and even, even harder than when I started today just because I love it. And I want to say this for everyone listening, but... I have known you for a minute now and we've trained together so like countless times, man. And when I first met you, when I first saw this guy at zoo, I was like, who the fuck does this fucker think he is? <laughs> you told me that. <laughs> Acting like some badass in the gym with fucking 50 inch arms. I was just so pissed off. And then you came over and like asked me to like join in the curls. Yeah, and dude. I saw how hard you went and I was like, God damn, <laughs> this motherfucker trains, dude. Yeah. And I can say without a doubt, even to this day, when I see Josh's photos, I'm like, man, I wish I could look like that. <laughs> like, I, like that, I feel sus because I wish I could look like that. But I don't think I know. I don't think I've met anyone. I really can't think of anyone. And I've been training for a while that trains as hard as you guys, as hard as you guys Thank you. and is as committed to your, to your diet and your passion as you guys. Bro, I haven't seen anyone pose as well as josh poses bro it's crazy your poses are crazy <laughs> and people only see your pics but like i've seen you actually move the you transition know, the transitions it, bro. it's part of it He's like dancing. You, you look like those fucking <laughs> korean dudes on instagram that pop off from like oh hell yeah woo, with yeah. their fucking hands and i'm just like like i the i i think i got my pro card because of my posing and my stage presence because the top five guys they were all more full than me. Um, I think they look more dry to me. So I think I won because I had good proportions, mm -hmm. which is genetics. And then also I practiced a lot of posing because I would watch countless videos of Sadiq Hatsavik back in like 2013, 2014 when men's physique start, first started because I just loved how he like, mm -hmm. he like added some kind of classic zazz to his yeah. like men's physique pose. So I would like kind of copy that and make my own style. But then I look at your shit and bro, it's like a whole nother level, man. It's a whole nother level, dude. Like, thank you, man. I only had like two poses. Like I had to do, like I only practiced transitions for like two poses. You got like fucking 16 poses and right. 16 different transitions, bro. So that's like, that's how I know that you put in the actual work and like whoever wants to be mad about like, 
um, accusing you of not being natty. Like I can understand how it could be hard to believe in things, especially when people are born so differently. But like, come on, like some people are born 6'10". Some people are born five foot. Some people are born 16 years old forever. You know, like... I always say there's there's definitely just some random guy right. in Cameroon that's more jacked than you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's always a bigger fish in the pond, man. Right, and different ethnicities exist, and some people don't really talk about this, but it's a fact of the matter that, especially in something like in any, in any sport, actually, in in any sport, you know, you are born with different capabilities. You are born with advantages and different advantages, yeah. and bodybuilding is a very clear example of that. Yeah. The fact of the matter is African-Americans, black people have great, amazing physiques. Mm. Um, and I think that can be accounted for uh, maybe potentially all the training and experience you have in your ancestry. But, and then <laughs> to be real with you too, most Asians tend not to. Most Asians tend to have slimmer physiques. And maybe that's also related to what we have in our you know ancestry we we had a totally different lifestyle you know right so in fact i even remember listening on a uh, a podcast or maybe a video with a leo and longevity i don't know you guys know him leo longevity um he was a he was part of the what is it called the bio bros which is the podcast with more plates more dates vigorous steve and then it's leo and leo passed away several months ago in thailand but this guy was a genius he was really smart he knew like Everything in bodybuilding and PEDs, just really, really smart guy. Um, and he said in all of his experience, the people who tend to have the <clears throat> the best physiques seem to respond the best to hypertrophy and also have the best androgen response. So respond the best to steroids and performance enhancing drugs tend to be black people. Whereas the people he noticed tend to have, you know, tend to respond the least to hypertrophy. And then also surprisingly tend to have the lowest androgen response is more than often than not. He said, Asian people. So what's your excuse? Seriously, man. <laughs> Why are you so jacked? <laughs> I'm not jacked, bro. I'm not jacked. Are you kidding me? If he's natty. Honestly, you better not be trying to put yourself in, in that, uh, that that victim quality right oh, now no, saying no, that no, no. Yeah, I, could, I could be looking so worse body that. dysmorphia i've ever every oh, time we send him a picture bro, yes. bro look like trash <laughs> yes i always found that interesting but here's the thing though luckily enough for asians for two especially recently what we've seen recently is asians tend to have some of the best proportions as well a lot of asians tend to have really small waists and if you're from east asia you tend to have these giant ass fucking thighs and calves Crazy. yeah yeah quads and calves the first thing oh. that comes to mind is right right lower body right if I've noticed for a lot of Filipinos, some Filipinos have that. Some Filipinos have skinny legs, but a lot of Filipinos tend to have big backs. Mm-hmm. Really big, like meaty demon looking, <laughs> like fucking demon backs, bro. Like even Jeremy Bondia's back just like doesn't even like the, it's like, it's like, I don't understand where the parts yeah. are. They're like different places. Yeah. You know, yes. they look crazy. New anatomy. Right, Long right. torso, wide back, right. broad shoulders, fat chest. Yeah, he's in fucking his calves, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. Man. So, like, have you guys ever seen, like, um, pictures of, like, Phil Heath and, uh, what is it? Who, what's this? Who, uh, I'm brain farting today, right now, probably because of the lack the of sleep. Um, the white, white, most recent white Mr. Olympia, multiple white. time Mr. Olympia, um, in open bodybuilding, uh, Jay Cutler. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Cutler, when he was 18 years old. Yeah. 
I haven't seen them. Oh, fucking massive, dude. Mm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and it's like, we don't know what, uh, if, 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 let's like say that, um, like, let's say that just, or sorry, let's say that Josh is natural. What could Josh have achieved maybe if he decided to do that route and start PEDs when he was like 18 or even younger? I mean, I feel like the capabilities are pretty crazy. Yeah. The thing is like, you just don't know. There's just so many variables. So I don't think, I think as we each, each of us move forward, I think the worst thing that we can do is put ourselves in a victim, victim mentality. Right. Say that this guy is only better than me because he took steroids. I've realized that even in my own past ex relationships, that when I took accountability for the relationship, like say ending or not turning out as well, even if, even if it was their fault, or even if, you know, both people were at fault, if I took accountability for my faults, I realized I had so much more power in my next relationship. I realized, holy shit, I did that wrong. Mm -hmm. Now I know that I can make it right. Now I know that I can make it succeed. Mm -hmm. So I think if we could just have the thought process, like, okay, he looks amazing. Um, instead of just thinking like, oh, he does steroids and I can't do steroids. We can take accountability for the things that we do. There's always something better that we can do. There's always something more that we can something do. Something in your control? Yes, exactly. Something in our control. Even if it's not steroids or you can't take steroids, like there are so many things in your control. And I know a lot of people don't want to believe this because they want to think it's easy to think the easy way out. Mm -hmm. But every every famous professional bodybuilder ever, anyone that's looked amazing, anyone who's done great has always stressed the fact that if you want to look great in fitness, What's number one? Sleep. What's number two? Consistency. What What else? Like, you know, diet. Then you got training stimulus. But it's always taking care of yourself. You can inject all the drugs in yourself. But if you don't take care of your body, you're going to go downhill. Mm -hmm. You can take all the cocaine in the world. But if you don't take care of your body and take care of your sleep, you're going to go downhill, bro. You are. You know what I mean? So I just think it's uh, something that people should take. You know, okay. Yeah, I think people need to take control of what they can control. Right. Because as soon as you start pointing fingers or looking at other people, you don't realize the potential that you may have. You never know what the limit is for yourself. Like if Josh, if Josh came into the bodybuilding scene and he immediately had people telling him, this is not possible for you, what would the conclusion you'd been led to? Oh, well, I probably have to take this or I have to take that or there's no other option to right. look a particular way that I want rather than taking the route that he did, taking the steps that he did, getting his nutrition in check, getting his training in check, getting his sleep in check, learning the roots of training mm -hmm. before taking any sort of step or even thought about that. And now he's where he's at, where he exactly. looks absolutely phenomenal. And had he had been stopped at day one or step one, it would have been down another negative route, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to add on this topic because this, this shit gets me fired up, dude. When, when people are so quick to shoot themselves down and like bury themselves in their own coffin before even giving anything a chance. And that is in direct relation to the, the topic of me being a natural athlete. Because like I've told you before, you only ever see in mainstream and in the limelight today, the bigger guys olympia guys whoever it is i don't want to say that the majority of people who are popping on social media are on like taking pds but a lot of them are and 
everybody who I guess is newer to fitness or just like trying to develop that lifestyle are seeing those guys and they're immediately saying, I want to look like that. And they're automatically counting out the possibility of being able to achieve this without like, you know, going another route. And they, they, like I said, they automatically just count themselves out or don't have the faith or belief in themselves to even make a move to see what their own, like they're capable by themselves. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, that what you were talking about, if I were to get shot down from the beginning, I never, I never had someone tell me literally in my entire life that I can't do something. Not once, not once to this day, 26 years old, never has someone told me I can't do something. And so I think a lot of that gave me good reason and good uh, incentive to, you know, just go after what I wanted. Even if NPC and the bodybuilding community was already saturated, saturated with everybody who was taking stuff. But I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have something blocking me out of where I knew I wanted to be, which was just taking what I have and running with it. I don't care who I'm up against. Cause I mean, I'm very competitive, but I never pay attention to the competitors. If that makes any sense. I always just, you know, derive from my own self-belief and self-confidence to go after what I want, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how outlandish or how impossible it may seem to everybody else. If that makes any sense. We'll get right back to the podcast in a second, but I just wanted to take this break to thank you guys immensely because this podcast is my favorite content to create and I couldn't have done it without you guys. Contributing to it will further help its growth and allow us to listen to more amazing guests such as the one you're listening to today. So if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating us a five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you find your podcast or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And if you would like to help fund the podcast, you can do so by using Nile for a discount off of Young LA clothing or huge supplements. Thank you guys again so much. We'll be right back to the podcast. One thing that's very cool that both of you two play into, you guys both enjoy anime and you were kind enough to invite me over. Oh yeah, man. But I think a lot of kids get into fitness and they see the superhero physique or the superhero-like physique. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think that that quote unquote unrealistic standard of a superhero physique that pushes a kid to reach his max potential is negative in any way, mm -hmm. any way. No. And so to say that because someone believes that they can achieve something like I'm sure Josh did at the start, he had the vision for himself to say, I'm going to push myself to reach my max limit. And if I fall short of what I thought was potential was my potential, then I just keep moving forward. So for kids out there who think they can achieve something, don't question yourself at the start, just start working because people get so caught up in this end game. And this is, this is a cross board for life, business, whatever it is, is that you, if you, as soon as you get caught up in the end game, you don't focus on putting one foot in front of the other Oof. is when it leads you down bad, bad paths, you know? Absolutely. It hits hard. Right. This is something that we were talking about earlier that I remind myself every day is to be process oriented over outcome oriented. Process oriented over outcome oriented. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what, if you're always going to become out, if you're always outcome oriented, then you will be affected by the opinions of others, by the results of your work mm -hmm. and by the things that you can't control that life will happen to you. People die, people disappear, things fail, you know? Why do you want to have that be the controlling factor of your success? Or like, uh, who is it that says this? Is it uh, Jocko Willink, right? Jocko Willink says, 
discipline eats motivation for breakfast. Why do you need a why do you need to think about what you're going to do? Why not just do it? After you do it, you're going to feel a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be that much better. Mm-hmm. Even so, if you fail. Right, exactly. In fact, something that I reminded myself that has helped me grow a lot recently is rejection is is the foundation mm-hmm. of a great businessman, a successful leader, and a great CEO, and an amazing athlete. Mm-hmm. Rejection. How far like can you get over the rejection? So now I actually have recently enjoyed like putting myself in places where I'm like, I'm gonna get rejected. And if I get rejected, I'll keep going. And every time that I do that, I take that as a massive win. And it's made it so much easier for me to keep going. Because I got to tell you, with this podcast, man, like it was really difficult for some time because I had to do a lot of outreach and a lot of rejection. You know, people wouldn't want to come on the podcast or people would be too busy. And like I would have to make sure that I don't take that personally. But mm-hmm. that's how everyone starts. That's how everyone happens. Steve Aoki has said that he he's one of the greatest collab artists of all time. But he said that he had to remind himself that 70% of the things he wants to happen will never happen because that's how many times he gets rejected, but he's fucking successful. Yeah. So you better believe that if you keep getting rejected, it does not mean you're losing. If you overpass that rejection, it means you're winning. I also think it's important to step out of your emotional uh, attachment, attachment to um, not getting what you want especially when it comes to business or things like that because obviously no being rejected is not a good feeling and it's easy to take that personally so that's why i was i wanted to harp on that what you were saying don't take it personal because it is part of the process it is inevitable it is inevitable you're never going to say get yes every time you you go out for something or apply for something or you know try to achieve or attain something it's never going to be a straight path upward never Right. You have to become comfortable with the roller coaster up and down. Sometimes it'll be steady. Sometimes it'll be going low. Sometimes it'll be high. Mm-hmm. But the consistency and and the motivation, like, no, I don't want to use the word motivation. The drive. The discipline. The discipline. Yes. they All, all those factors must be there. So um, also, I'm really glad that you brought the anime thing because I was literally thinking about that before you said that. I'm like, bro, think about everybody who's been inspired by anime think about everyone who's been inspired by goku and baki and fucking it's not realistic and bro. toji from juju start the trend <laughs> i'm like i'm like last time i remember bro i don't remember the last person that actually looks like goku that it's actually he was on like... trend <laughs> so there was something in the sense of being stolen. oh jesus dude and I'm, I'm like if you if that if that motivates the shit out of you why the hell can't like like, remember when Callum Von Mager motivated the shit out of you? Like, we knew, you know what I mean? So, Arnold. Right. And um, here, like, that's the thing that I really, really, that's the thing that I despise right now by the fitness industry right now. I love that everyone's working hard and, like, pushing for their better selves. But the thing that I hate about it right now is that there's this popular, popular thing right now where people want to accuse others of steroids and they feel like they can't achieve that without steroids there's so many people that are just like that's not achievable that's not achievable that's not achievable we don't want to get your hopes up why not yeah why not last time i remember this guy was uh tristan lee was um motivated by callum von mager because he decided not to think oh callum's on steroids i'd never achieve that well look at him now 
You're fucking inspiring so many people. But I don't look like Callum. But you don't. Yeah. And you don't look like Callum. But you fucking still, you still became your best self. You're still the best version of yourself. So all these people out there who are feeling like all of us that feel like we we can't achieve something because someone else might have better genetics than us, better better um, opportunities than us, may have better drugs available. That doesn't matter because you could achieve something totally different, so amazing for yourself that you cannot even comprehend right now. As narcissistic as it sounds, you have to focus on yourself because you're never going to look like any other person no matter what you take, no matter how you train or anything like that. You have your own genetics. You have your own gift, your own build, and you have your own set point that you can reach. Mm-hmm. But who's to say where that is? Yeah. Right. Just because someone's going to tell you that you can't reach something, you're going to give up at, at the start before you even start even? Nia was saying that even though we were influenced or motivated by these these people like Callan Von Moger, shout out to him, um, that you were still able to reach your best self. And I think that... When it comes to anybody who we see, anime people like Goku, let's just take Goku as the fucking example right now. It was never like, obviously, that's not really realistic looking like that as a real life person. But instead of having says as he looks like this, instead of (laughs) instead of factoring in that impossibility or whatever you want to call it, why not take that as motivation that. This is what he was able to achieve. This is how far he got with his own potential. Why not use that as the sole motivation for you to attain or reach your final form in your own way? So that's why in this anime topic, it has been such a huge inspiration for not only the three of us, but I'm sure a huge percentage of the fitness industry in like as a whole. And uh, yeah, that's that's the biggest one I want to, to harp on is. Take everybody you see, who you look up to, you, who you're inspired by, who you're motivated by, and take from it that they were able to push that hard, push them, themselves that far to that extent, break through their limits, and you can do the exact same fucking thing if you want to work hard enough for it. Do you guys get a lot of comments that say, like, as you maybe you don't know, but when you started, when you were coming up, that you wouldn't look a certain way or you w- wouldn't be able to, you said you didn't get any now, did you get any, like, you wouldn't get your pro card? Or things like that. Did you get any negative comments like that? Or no? I got all the comments from my family. Oh my god! So it's personal. It's even more personal. I want to tell oh people like I love my family, and I will if they. I have chose to go back and visit them for Christmas. So no hate to them because I love them with all my heart. They created me and they sheltered me and they cared about me. They only wanted the best for me. Um, but certain cultures, unfortunately, it's very common for, you know, the family to want their offspring to do what they want. So my parents were like, don't spend time on this. This is a waste of time. You need to be spending time on studying because you need to be a doctor. You need to be an engineer. You need to focus on your degree. You're not getting the best grades. You could be grading. So you need to focus on that instead of spending time like this. I loved skateboarding when I was in middle school. (laughs) My parents told me, um, those kids are terrible influences on you. You're wasting your time. You need to go play tennis. That's a waste of time. So then finally, when... They made me do it. I quit tennis or I quit skateboarding and I went back to tennis. And when I played tennis for several more years, my parents were like, you're not going to become a tennis star. You can't go to college playing tennis. Like, like, why do you want to do this when you're not even that great? So you might as well just focus on studying. Every time I decided to change something more that they wanted, they would say, that's not, that's just not, that's not um, probable. I played seven instruments as a kid. I sang in choir for like 
um, 10 to 12 years in church choir. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a musician, bro, my entire life. But all I kept getting was like, you're not going to go to Juilliard. It's, it's a waste of time. You should keep practicing to be good, but you really need to just focus on studying. So all they really wanted me to have was a stable job. And I understand that that's normal as an Asian culture, you know, you want stability, but mm. they just wanted me to have a stable salary as like a mechanical engineer and do whatever the fuck else that was. But the one thing that I had was I, I was so obsessed with bodybuilding because I think I just was bullied way too much as a kid by my own family and by other kids uh, being Asian in a whole, in a, in a place that's all white, um, totally looking different. And I just decided like my parents aren't going to believe anything of me and they don't want me to do this shit. They don't want me to spend too much time on it. My dad told me like, you need to stop like in college. He told me not to like, I'm, I'm wasting too much money on competing because I'm never gonna, ever going to make anything of it. And I think I just got so fed up with them telling me I can't do something. And I was just like, you know what? I really don't give a shit. I love this sport and I don't care if nothing's going to happen, but I'm going to keep growing and I'm going to keep getting better and it's going to go somewhere, you know? And then finally I got my pro card and then, I, you know, I uh, grew my social media and then finally my dad was like, okay, nice job. I'm proud of you. Do you imagine if you had stopped, like if you just not pursued it? Exactly. Right. I, I think I would regret it a lot. I think I would, uh, I'm pretty sure I would always wonder like, what if, what if I just took that chance? Right. Cause I think, I think that's the biggest thing I've realized that I will do. And maybe a lot of other people will do is that if I don't do the thing that I want to, I always regret it. I'd rather, I'd rather do it and get rejected. Mm. When I was coming up, the question I always asked myself was why not me? Like why, why not me? People, people would say, you can't do this. You can't do that. But it's like, why not? Obviously your yeah. genetics have a certain limit, but why not push yourself to the absolute max? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if I had given up at the first comment that I saw that said, because probably the first thousands of comments were negative, mm -hmm. but I saw something a potential in myself. And I also saw a bigger message that I wanted to spread with my platform and just an opportunity to spread that. And I was just doing what I loved. Right. So I don't think if I, if I didn't genuinely love training, if I didn't genuinely go into the gym every single day and practice what I preach, then I wouldn't be what, where I am because I would have given up at the first adversity that came at me or the first person mm -hmm. that told me I'd, that I wasn't able to do something. So I genuinely love training. And I, I ask myself every day, I'm like, what if I just, at the first time someone told me, you couldn't reach this potential. You're, there's no way you have to take this. You have to take that. You're no, there's no way you're going to be able to do it. If I had stopped, I don't know where I'd be, but I know for sure it would not be a positive place. Mm -hmm. I, I want to try to ask a question. I know you, you're, you're about to head out, but I want to know what, cause you said that you took fitness and ran with it, even though you didn't know what would come of it, but you knew you had a love and a passion for it. So you just took it by the horns and you said, fuck it. Something's going to come of this. I love it. I'm just going to keep doing it. And then basically you just got into it because you had the love for it too. And it eventually became this. Were there signs? Because we both got our shitty comments and everyone talking shit, and a lot of the negativity throughout the years of us coming up to where we are now. Were there any signs, whether it's competing or just training or your fitness career as a whole? Were there any signs that 
gave you those, uh, you know, those like those sparks to the flame to keep going? Were there any significant signs that you can bring up out of your memory that were like signs that were, you're like, okay, this is, this is working. Like this is another milestone. I'm sure if I keep doing this, these many accomplishments will become bigger accomplishments. For myself or for Nile? Both of y'all. Go ahead. You go first. I wouldn't say I have signs. I'm fairly strongly rooted in my faith. So every single time that I faced any sort of adversity, I went back to the drawing board, which was praying and asking God if this is the opportunity for me. And if it wasn't, close the door. And the door never closed. So every time I found a new opportunity, met a new person, and then it just kept blooming and blossoming. And obviously I had failures, I had adversities, but there was never something that was so drastic that mm-hmm. I would say I even considered for a second giving up. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, this is why I really hate that, that, that specific thing that's going on in the industry right now that's giving people a lack of hope. I hate that because the only reason I'm here is because I wanted it so bad. And I'm not even anywhere that special right now, but I'm just somewhere so much better than I would have been. That's all I say. Like, I'm not special. There's so many more amazing physiques and people out there. Same here. But I'm just glad that I'm not just working nine to five as an engineer. 100%. And the reason why is just I wanted it so bad and I had hope it would go somewhere. No idea where. No idea. Plus, no idea where I was going to like, how I was going to make it work. Right. Mm. It was more, it was just constant anxiety. Like how the fuck am I going to make money? You know? Yeah. How the fuck am I going to live? And you know, but like, I just fucking wanted it, bro. And so that's like, I, I, I don't want people to lose hope because they feel like they can't achieve something. Cause that's what keeps you going. You know? Yeah. That, that helps you continue the discipline. And you can't put your hope in other people's beliefs. You have to put it in yourself. Right. Because as soon as you start considering what everybody else believes to be possible, you limit your own self-belief. So exactly. there's zero harm in just believing the impossible mm-hmm. is possible, mm-hmm. working towards it. Somebody's going right. to hit the four-minute mile. Somebody's going to hit sub-two-hour marathon. And who knows if you're going to be that person, you know? Now, I, I can say that it wasn't all myself because I know that, like, luckily enough, I had some friends and family yeah. that would be like, Same. hey, man, you look good. You look better than last time. For sure. You look better than last time, Greg Duchette. You look, you look, <laughs> you, like you look big, man. Like you're doing well. Like I'll have good, supportive friends small and family, heads, yeah. and that's lucky because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have any friends or family, mm-hmm. right? But you, even with that, the the hate comments always get to us. No matter who you are, the hate comments will get to you. If you see it, you'll feel it more than you feel the good one. Yeah. You could read 500 positive comments. That one comment that you right. just sticks with you, even if it's subconscious. Mm-hmm. And so it all just comes from just wanting it. You just got to want it and then you just got to do it. And it just goes somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere you don't expect. Do you mind if I add on to that, that sign question? I, uh, my first sign that I realized I was onto something in fitness was when I did my first show and Long story short, I did the show back in 2016 and I was basically peer pressured into it. Everyone was like, oh, you look good. You should do a show. You should do a show. I eventually caved. I did a show and I won. Um, that was the first sign where I thought I was like, hmm, me being this young, which at the time I was 19, having my, done my first show 
and I won among a whole bunch of other people who have probably been doing it for years. I was like, oh, maybe this is going to turn into something. And then that gave me a lot of motivation to continue pursuing. But then I think the biggest sign today, even like just across however many years is the interactions and the connections and the bonds I've made with people like you guys, because I think very highly of you guys, like I was saying in our, our group text conversation last <laughs> night. <laughs> but being, I guess, out here in LA, because that's really when I got in touch with people like you guys in the social media industry. And I, like I said, I look up to you guys and there are plenty of people in my eyes who I consider to be great. And the fact that I'm sitting here as your peers and as your friends and we're doing things outside of the gym, so that it, it goes beyond just the training together, typical bro shit. Like we're actually connecting right now. And it's like that with multiple people out here, like even Larry Wheels, like Joseph, um, Joe Andrews, just like people who I respect, people who I look up to, people who I get motivation and inspiration from. And the way I see it is greatness recognizes greatness. You guys to me are great. And the fact that I'm able to train with you guys and you guys ask me to train with you and like just things like that. I know it sounds cheesy, but that's the way I see it, man. Cause you guys are great and I'm hanging with you. I'm training with you. I'm doing all these different activities with you. That lets me know that I'm great or I'm going to be great. Mm -hmm. So actually those are my biggest signs. That's a fucking great point, man. Every time you work towards a better self, you become a better you. And every time you work towards a better you, you attract people more like you now. So if you've ever wanted, like I've, I dude, I never had any idea I would meet you guys ever. No clue, bro. But I think simply just because we love doing the same things and we're just as passionate about it, the universe just brought us together like that. Um, I never thought I would meet Larry Wheels. I never thought I would meet Joe, Joe Aesthetics. Yeah. I never thought I would meet amaz any of these amazing people that like inspire me. Never thought I'd meet Calvin Von Mager. We were just with him at the Young LA gym like last week. Bro, it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. But all I think is, is is just because we just, you know, we didn't give up. You just keep going. Yeah. And even if we're not that special, this is a whole lot better than it was before. Yeah. I think that energy that we give off is attracting to the other, like, like-minded like 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 energy. I think that's what brought us together over the course of what we've been doing in this in this industry of ours. So I'm glad to uh, be hanging with y'all, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> Josh yeah. is the most sentimental human being. Like, in, in, in this conversation. Like, yeah. I'm like, bro, I can't match his sentimentalism. It's just. Dude, I'm, just I'm, I'm really fucking humble, dude. And uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm really humble. I'm courteous. I am. Uh, dude, I, I don't ever. I don't ever get to my head, man. That's hilarious, bro. Saying I'm, I'm, I'm the most humble, bro. <laughs> well, not I'm the most humble. humble. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just a very respectful and I. I, I, I like give my the, flowers when I need to give flowers. You're dude. one of the I only people that, that, that can say you're humble. Yeah. Well, I like to believe I am. Yeah. <laughs> I hope y'all would say that I am. Oh, for sure, 100%. <laughs> no, seriously, Josh is actually like one of the nicest <laughs> fucking dudes in the it's entire crazy. planet. Everybody who actually knows him says it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that the world doesn't get to see it. Because, <laughs> they don't. Because yeah. they don't know who you are. Distracted by his 42-inch arms. Who's this fucking... Uh, What's his name? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Saying that he's humble. Uh, but anyways, do you have any last uh, last things that you want to say? I, I had so many questions that I want to ask you guys, but I know we're running a little short on time. 
I appreciate you guys letting me come on this. I appreciate you guys letting me join in on your sessions. I'm nowhere near what you guys are. So um, what? I'm always appreciative to be able to surround myself with great people. <laughs> don't you dare say that, bro. No, it's like <laughs> for real, because I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a thing, but um, I don't know if you guys have a degree of imposter syndrome, but oh. um, <laughs> you never deserve, you never feel like you deserve to be where you are. So I'm just grateful to have opportunities to speak on a platform, to connect with you guys as well, just as people and uh, surround myself with great people that allow me to better myself every day. So you guys have both been through far more than I've been through. And um, I'm just happy to be here, you know? Hell yeah, dude. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that, bro. Seriously. I have that imposter syndrome too, bro. Hardcore. So. I'm like, nah, it's probably not imposter syndrome. I just don't deserve to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mic's over to me now. Uh, <laughs> well, this is my second time on the podcast, so thanks for having me again for another round. Yeah, bro. Um, I mean, we get along quite well, and we train together like animals. It, you guys already knew it was going to be a gnarly cast, so I am, I'm grateful to be on this podcast again. It's always a good time. Looking forward to the next one already and with three mics i'm glad yeah i'm glad we were able to to be goofy have our fun have our laughs but also talk about some serious topics that hopefully y'all could take away from and benefit from that's i'm sure Niall would say that's probably the main point in his podcast is to give you something you could take away from it and apply to your own life and become a better version of yourself so everyone watching that's the goal here and uh it's the three of us bringing you that message today I mean, I don't feel like I have anything special to give people more than they have to give to themselves or anything. But what I do know is that when I talk to my friends, I'm always like, God damn it, bro. I knew that. Why didn't I think about that? Well, God damn. Why didn't I remind myself that I'm always thinking down to myself like, God, this sucks. Like, fuck, like life is hard, blah, 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 blah. But then my friends come and talk to me and I'm like, bro, you're right. I forgot that. Thanks for reminding me. So that's all I want to do with this podcast is like, I just want to be a friend for everyone like the friends were for me. And hopefully maybe in our conversations that we all have together, maybe it just sparks something uh, like a reminder in somebody, you know, to know that like life is so much better than Mm -hmm. we think it is. And it will be Mm -hmm. as long as we keep going. So where can we find you guys? Go for it. Joshua J. Blaze on Instagram. Uh, Joshua Manoe on YouTube. And then JJ Blaze on TikTok. And you can find me in Gold's Gym Venice. Yeah, <laughs> you can find him at this address, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tristan Lee on pretty much all platforms. Tristan Lee official on Instagram. Nice, awesome. <laughs> Thanks for coming again, Thank boys. You for us. Thank you, man. And uh, everybody, if you want to support the podcast, you can by rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, and also scro- subscribing to the YouTube channel, which would mean the absolute world because then it allows me to have bigger and better guests like these amazing dudes that are on my podcast never thought i would have them on my pod so i really awesome. thank all of you guys because <laughs> it's all thanks to y'all and then also if you would want to help fund the podcast too you can do so by um yeah and huge supplements and then um tristan lee's got some supplement company and then uh <laughs> this guy i really want to say who's going to join but i guess i'm not allowed to don't yet. say it yet <laughs> but i'm with muscle tech supplements code blaze let's go all right thanks again guys thank you um and yeah love y'all catch you next time peace peace